What up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Never Canceled. This is Marshall, your host. And if you're back, you're back for one reason, and that's for the realness. And if you know anything about me, you know I love a good challenge and I love a good grind. And let me tell you, this podcast, making it something that everybody can enjoy, or not everybody can enjoy, but making it into something that I feel good enough putting out has been nothing short of a challenge. So thank you for sticking with me and I guarantee you will not regret it. I'm going to try to deliver the best quality podcast to you all and so I can keep you all coming back for more. So apologize, please forgive the growing pains. Please forgive the skipping in and out. My headphones uh, had some issues, but Another guarantee I can give you is that you will love this next guest as much as I do. Spencer Coleman is an absolute legend and his story is nothing short of legendary. Spencer is a great friend of mine and I'm so stoked about him being on the pod and him being my first guest. In this episode, we touch on adolescence, growing up, leaving our hometown and getting our footings in the real world. So this guy is just incredible. He's an electric person to be around. He is just nothing short of a complete badass. So sit back. This pod's about an hour. Again, forgive the skipping in and out. Hopefully you get the point. Hopefully you love it. And hopefully you're back for more. Let's get into it. What's up? Yo, Spencer, what's going on, man? Not too much. Dude, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's good. Not too much is good. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, man, super stoked to uh, have you on the pod. Uh, I know it's been a while since we talked, but uh, we were able to catch up and awesome to uh, John here. Yeah, thrilled to be uh, your first guest. That That's like a true honor right there. Yeah, man. I'm like, I told everybody I needed to get a guest. And I, when I thought of the person I want to run first and like the people I want to run first, you're at the top of the list and uh, happy that you were able to to check out the first few episodes and, uh, and, you know, get a, get a feel for, for, for what's going on. So that's just like, that's great to hear that people are people, particularly people like you are, are hearing it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, the first episode was, a, a little slow, just just talking wise. I think we can all acknowledge that. Yes. <laughs> but reminded me of so many things. Reminded me of uh, of the bullshit sessions, sessions, of the blunt sessions, of like the rocking in your car to '90s hip hop sessions, to, uh, the, the, mm. to all the old friends we had, man. To, uh, to the way life, life was for a hot minute. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I to tap into. Made, made me think about uh, the way life was in Walla Walla for, for a while for us. Made me think about like all of, all of our old friend group. Uh, made me touch touch down with other people. Made me like reach out and and see how everyone else is doing. Making sure everyone else is good uh, was a powerful thing. Yeah, I, I, like I said, that's something I really wanted to be able to like touch in on. I wanted to be able to, you know, my ego made me want to tell my own story, um, but I wanted to be able to tell my story through the stories of people who had made a difference in my life. And like I said, you and I uh, met in in my our senior year of high school is how we met. I feel like those years were, that year particularly was super transformative. Moving back, um, back to Walla Walla when I was, I think, 20 years old, you were also living there at the time. So that was just, was so transformative and that, 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 that stage of my life propelled me to, I feel like, to where I am now. Yeah, I think, uh, like, again, for better or for worse, we we were in each other's lives. Uh, better personally, maybe not better for uh, our personalities. Uh, mm. <laughs> maybe yes. maybe we enabled each other a 
perhaps yes i i can yes. think about like a story or two the one that like brilliantly comes to my mind is seeing you on cinco de mayo our senior year sunglasses and sombrero on but Oof. uh i also know that i'm pretty sure you smoked weed with me for your first time like out in my truck somewhere in the middle of fucking walla walla wheat fields yes that was <laughs> that was not my first time but it was it was my second time actually but the first time i had ever the first time was in my friend's shed but this was like something completely different than what <laughs> my first time was you know my first time was in the shed oreos watched guy and it was pretty pretty benign but but if you remember we smoked and then went back to class and it was lunch and we played dodgeball <laughs> Yeah, I think I lost you there. That part, but I do remember, like, distinctly remember, I'm pretty sure David. Yes, yeah, Dave, David was there. Yeah. Uh, that was. So, that, again, like, maybe maybe we weren't the best, uh, the purest of sheep in our Christian school, but we, we graduated. I graduated, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh I remember when I first feel like one of my first interactions with you was when you were in the lobby during lunch and you were playing that doodle jump game. Fuck yeah, doodle and, jump. Yeah, and I remember thinking to myself, man, this guy stands out like he he's marching to the beat of his own drum. He's <laughs> he's got the laptop, he's got the gibberish sweatshirt. Clearly nonconformist. Like I love. He's, I just he he might get a GED if he's lucky. I I yeah. just I just loved it because I was I was that that year for me I was a transfer so I was desperately trying to find uh, uh like a home. You know I I didn't really fit in with any particular group but I saw you didn't. Uh, fit in with any particular group either i saw you leaving school like leaving campus a lot and and doing kind of your own <laughs> thing and i just i love that i was like this guy's like just is like what i kind of am and he chose this so i just really respected that i loved like you were so cool and it'd be like too cool for school i was like oh this guy's great you know unfortunately that was like a true definition i was way too cool to go to class and inevitably my gpa reflected that in every sense uh. of the word but <laughs> yeah, but you, I did make it. You have I do have a true high school diploma, even though Mr. Norton would like to debate it and would very much like to fight against that. You yeah, you fought Mr. Norton and uh, John uh, John was it? Yeah, it was John Dimming, right? Yeah. He yeah, that guy was Rest man, that peace. guy was great. Yeah, Rest seriously, John Deming. He's a, he is a great human being. If heaven exists, John Deming is there. Let me you tell know you that for a fact. I remember going into that guy's office all the time, kicking my feet up. It was like little sour um, lemon, whatever they were like, lemon hard candies, and just saying like, you know, what's up, John? Like, what's what 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 are we doing today? You know, and he'd, he'd be like, Don't. class was like, no, literally for some reason, I never had class. I don't know what it was, but I just never had class. So weird. I don't know why that worked out. Like, I don't know who wrote my schedule, but. It was because it was because they wanted to have us take those religion courses. So I transferred from the sales. They wanted me to take all these religion courses, but they didn't care about any other curriculum. So as long as I took those religion courses and welding and like Anderson's and Mrs. Witten's class, it was cool. So yeah, I just I, I didn't have any AM classes to class like um the, the second half of the day, it was so weird. But I was like, whatever. I guess I graduated Got too. To kicking with Demi. I guess. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, yeah. what's up, Demi? I Shout out. Like, hang out with that guy. Shout out, Walva, Walla Walla Valley Academy, class of 2010. You can't knock it. You can't. We we that that was like like I said, the trail. Well, the trail blazers. It is. It was like it propelled me into. Now that was that was my senior year, and so. Then I left, went to like junior college two years in Spokane, and, and you stayed in Walla Walla, correct? I did. I was uh, act technically I stayed in College Place. I didn't even like. I was in Walla Walla, I guess, for a minute. Who who the fuck knows the difference other than like maybe the 
the handful of people that have lived in Walla Walla and or College Place. But yeah, I guess I was in Walla Walla like immediately after high school because I, I we lived in the plantation with Brad Luce. Brad Luce yeah. and Julian Turner, the boys. Yeah. And that was that talk about that was like I talked a little bit about um, galvanizing experiences. And I feel like that was just almost the opposite of galvanizing for me at times. It was a very disassociative journey through <laughs> through those two years I, I had in Walla Walla. It was uh, I didn't feel like I got a lot done there in those two years. It was certainly a regression for, for like you said in, in the law in hindsight you it, it was probably good for me to go through it but in that time it 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 when I left Walla Walla ha- having gone through what I went through I felt so like I was felt like I was spread over the universe in a million different pieces I had to put myself together after I left Walla Walla for those two years yeah, it's weird. I've heard I've heard like multiple people refer to Walla Walla as like this great Bermuda Triangle. Like it has this Walla Walla Triangle effect where people yes. kind of get get lost in it. And I for whatever reason, it affects like the young adults more so than anyone. Like yes. you fall into a friend group, you fall into a job, like cost of living is cheap as fuck the seasons are good you have like you get to see summer you get to see spring you get to see fall you get to see winter like it's so easy to it is cycle uh, uh of living and you're paying five hundred dollars a month in rent uh you're you're probably getting paid pretty decently because minimum wage in washington kicks ass shout out washington state yeah uh, and it like one year turns into two years and before it's there you don't know anything else besides this like little circle you've created uh, uh, and that can be because of you know your job and mm-hmm. you or because of a partner or because of like falling into the wrong circle it can be because of like, like substance abuse it can be because of like family there's so many different reasons why people fall into this like walla walla triangle but it's hard to get out i think we all recognize anyone that's lived there in that that age can recognize it's hard to get out yeah i was i was just i mean like you said the bermuda triangle and i think that um that is a perfect analogy. That is a, that a Bermuda triangle is a perfect analogy for me. It was, I was just telling this story to somebody the other day that I really almost unknowingly out of my own ignorance fell into addiction because I didn't understand how far I was until it got to me, it got to a point for me to stop. And there, then all of a sudden, like I said, like that, that disassociation started that like my, my, I started to be spread across the universe. And I, and I would looking back, it, it was not until I had to stop. Like I said, like, you know, life, you can either open the door and walk through, or it can drag you through that keyhole and, and, even though it was so short lived, it really, it really drugged me through that keyhole. It brought the point where I was forced to recognize my mistakes and forced to recognize uh, the, the wrong decisions I had made. They were largely out of ignorance. I believe to this day, you know, maybe that sounds a little bit like I'm like a cop out, but I didn't really understand what I was getting into until I, you know, I was really deep into it. Yeah. Uh, fully acknowledge and and recognize that point too i mean the for some reason i mean just to hopefully this is a a kosher thing to say on on your podcast but no yeah go ahead crazy easy to get in wall wall or at least Mm -hmm. were it was it was the lifestyle it was like if you if you lived there and you were in your 
early 20s, like there there's not a lot of exciting things to do. I know, again, that probably sounds like a cop out because I'm sure mm-hmm. if I lived there now at this point in my life, I, I would find fun things to do that aren't just like railing pills off of my coffee table. But exactly. at, the, at the time, that seemed like the the thing to do. We all complained about how boring Walla Walla was. We all had to just party incessantly and constantly to make life livable. And I don't know if that... in. I, I don't think that was uh, a choice based on like knowledge of where that road would lead us. I think that was just like a product of our situation. Uh, if any of us knew the dangers of addiction, how dark it could really potentially get, I don't think anyone would do drugs. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't think, think anyone, anyone would go out of their way to abuse pills, uppers, downers, like anything, if they knew the depths of the depravity that could come with that. Uh, but that being said, no one fills you in on, on those parts when you're beginning to use them. You're, uh, you're 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 right and and especially in the community we grew up in it was so sheltered that we we were being prepared for having a, a child out of wedlock when in reality the bigger issue was an ad- addiction and substance abuse that was what way more kids that had graduated from wava and 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 you know even any high school in walla walla who were dealing with it was a larger percentage of people were dealing with addiction and substance abuse and a small percentage of people were dealing with unplanned pregnancy. So we, yeah. we, we, uh, we, we got, like you said, we got deep into it and, and, and I, and, and I didn't really realize it didn't hit me until I remember my dad had asked me while I was in the hospital for, my I I withdrawn twice and and the second time got bad and I was in the hospital and he asked me you know he said son like what do you need to be happy and I didn't even have the feel like I didn't even have the mental capacity to be able to even address that question I had no I had no answer for him just completely uh just taken taken aback by that question it was i didn't need i couldn't even begin to start to think about what did i need what i need to be happy i thought was pills and substances and 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 binge drinking and partying and now that all that stuff like i brought this up in the first one i said like a sandblaster pain will will strip away everything that you thought you had and just leave you with what you have and in that moment i realized i don't I, I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Nowhere near that. Yeah, I I think my real reconciliation happened uh, like around the time I I was trying to leave Walla Walla, and I knew that it was like a toxic, horrible place for me. I knew I was like not doing well for myself. I knew like I was not obtaining my potential. I knew like all these different things but for some reason there was like an unknown force just pulling me back and keeping me there and and keeping me from like all these things in in hindsight are so obtainable like the concept of saving a little bit of money and putting money away to then like put a down payment on an apartment or like rent a u-haul all these things seemed so foreign to me. And I distinctly remember a point where I was just like, what, why, why is it so hard? There's, there's no reason that this should be that difficult on, on paper. There's absolutely no reason that this should be a struggle. And then I realized like, while I'm budgeting out my money, like, Oh, I'm not taking into consideration the money that I waste on alcohol and drugs and substances. And that that was like a huge ground shaker for me that like kind of wrecked the facade that I had built around my life, like this weird shell, this weird bubble. 
where I had just accepted that this is life that everyone lives. Everyone does it because that was what my entire friend circle did. Uh, everyone that I knew was like using drugs on the regular, which again, like not bashing that whatsoever, not, not trying to get down on that. But, no, of course. But for me at that time, I think it was far above and beyond what any person should be doing casually or recreationally. And it was like a, 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 I don't even know, like a come to Jesus moment. I hate to use that phrase, but it was mm. like, this is, you either, either do it now or you don't do it at all. And that was kind of the chance I took on myself to just clean up my life a little bit enough to make it out of that town. And from that point forward, it was like kind of an upward slope. Things got progressively better. Uh, I realized that maybe I was a little bit deeper than I ever wanted to acknowledge to myself, especially when I was high all the time. Uh, and then from there, it just sort of built upon itself. Like, oh, shit, you remember a little bit more. That's crazy. Or like, oh, you can wake up a little bit earlier in the morning and not feel quite as shitty. That's awesome. Like, oh, you can work for a few extra hours and not have to just run home that's phenomenal and, and so that, that was the turning point and so can you pinpoint like for me like like i said that was so visceral why i was in the hospital when my parents were there and i was having to they have this conversation a uh, physician's assistant I was, I will never forget that moment, but do you have a moment like that you can look back on that, that, that you say like, man, it was a Sunday you were leaving, you know, the restaurant and, and, and it was just a final straw. Uh, I don't, I, this is a kind of weird thing because unfortunately it involves somebody else that I don't want to implicate. Uh, mm, of course, but it was someone that I was dating at that time. I was she was very into the concept of moving to Seattle. We were doing like a long distance relationship and she unknowingly kind of called me out. She was like, well, why is it that difficult for you to like, we're, we're talking like $2,500, $3,000. Is it really that hard for you to set that kind of money aside? And in all actuality, it shouldn't have been, but it was. And I remember because I did care about and value our relationship. I, that is what gave me my like second thoughts. That's what like kind of started rolling the stone of like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how wow. can you, how can you claim, how can you claim to want to, to make a change, but yet you, you can't do this for somebody else. Uh, and that by no means was that the point where like I cut ties with drugs or cut ties with pills or cut ties with bad habits that unfortunately I, I wish I could say that everything was left from that moment forward, but that was, I think the tipping point that gave me some insight on, on like, Oh, maybe think twice about your life choices. Yeah. And, and so, so that that's like because that to me that's incredible because i had to remove myself you know that wasn't even uh, left the hospital and it wasn't even three months before i had completely stepped away from from using pills and and then i was gone i remember the day i left and i was i was remember i pulled up the u-haul and and we took that picture out front do you remember that yeah, I still mm -hmm. the pictures on my Instagram, man. I yeah. Oh, I'm, of course. I'm not sure. I know. I know the photo. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that and that, that to me, it happened like I like I said. It's like I left the 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 hospital. I I I I got away from prescriptions. I was still you know smoking weed and drinking, and so I I got rid of like all that in my life. And it wasn't even I applied to you know I had taken a quarter off, and that's when things got really bad. I took a quarter off from the community college. Things got really bad. I, I got I really deep. 
then I went through that, got out of the hospital and it wasn't even, I don't even think it was three months before I was packed and I was headed to college. Like it was weird that for me, it like I was taking, you know, I'm sure you remember this too. I was taking calculus. I was taking yeah. <laughs> like the chem series. I was going, like I was taking physics, like, but you know, I was, I was like in college and then yeah. I took a quarter off and I just hit a wicked like skid and it just put me into this weird ass place. And so that's why I feel like a lot of it happened to me out of, out of ignorance. And I'm like you as well, but for me, I removed myself. And so for you, you sounded like that you had that moment and then you had to transition still in college place. Yeah. I, I fortunately, again, like this, the relationship that I was in at that point, definitely pointed me in the right direction but by no means was that like a cut and dry thing uh in uh, again in hindsight i it would have been so much easier if she knew the struggles that i was dealing with at that time because i know she probably would have said it's like it's this or it's that you can Mm -hmm. decision but at that point in my life i was so good at disguising it as like casual drug use or like uh, maybe not even intentionally disguising it i think it was just like the way that we all lived that it was like well and it was just a lifestyle so by that point i i knew that there was some type of issue there was a deep-seated problem there but I didn't really know how to deal with it. And honestly, the only way that I was able to fully shake that problem was leaving, was leaving the, the draw, was leaving the influence, was leaving like the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just having, having those connections, knowing those people without that, without removing myself from that, who knows if I would have ever cleaned my life up. And, and so that, and that's, it's like, I feel the same way. I, it's like, if, and it was, it wasn't, it really, it was my dad who also my younger brother and a tutor that I, I went, you know, I was, I was taking calculus. And so I went to him for help in calculus. His name is a good friend of mine, Gerardo Aragon. And so Hera was what we would call him. And, and he and Maxwell decided to go to Western and I was just like a tag along. So if I wouldn't have gotten out of there, I mean, who, and then this is like a second, my second time I went through withdrawals within two weeks. Uh, and so I was down bad. I was like, wow. I knew that for me, I was in the same boat. Like if I did not get the fuck out, I, I, who knows what was going to happen to me. And, and so that the same thing happened to me. I mean, I went to, college and you know had had my fair share of uh, of long nights and and, and you know a, you know I got a DUI up there so that was a pretty major slip up but I never felt like I went back into that lifestyle that you and I we felt so comfortable in back back in back in Walla Walla so and and I I mean for me I don't we didn't really talk that much after after we we left because I mean, for me, I didn't, I felt like I had to do as like, like you said, remove myself from those ties and move out. And so that's where, that's where I started that journey was like moving out and starting college and in college out there, it was certainly not normal for, you know, the average person to be doing prescription pills, mostly just, you know, drinking and smoking. So that was an easy adjustment for me to make. I, 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 you know, going to Western, it was easy for me to just say, all right, well, I, no one out here is doing that stuff. So I don't have a place where I can do that. So I'm just here with my brother and with Hera uh, doing that side of things. And so I imagine you went through the same thing when, when you eventually left the Seattle. Yeah. Uh, same boat, like Seattle, ironically enough, like the opium capital of the West coast kind of saved my life from opiates. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Irony. I showed up here uh again with like same girl that motivated me to leave Walla Walla to begin with uh we got an apartment together I had zero connections both more importantly like zero connections in restaurants but also zero connections with any type of drugs 
So it just put all of that to a halt. Uh, and I'm sure if I were to look back, I wish I would have like journaled or done something. I'm sure I would have been so mad and so bitter, like just do, would have done anything for anything. But yeah, at that point, like didn't know anyone, didn't know how to reach out. Thank God. And uh, started just working at kind of like the first job that I got passed along. I, I was living in like the university district, which uh, I know very few people will understand like where that is, but I had to commute all the way over to fucking Bellevue, which is a solid hour and a half away. Uh, <laughs> it was a long haul. I worked brunch shift. I was like the oh. AM sous chef there. So I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning and show up at like five fifteen, start work at five thirty, work from five thirty until like three to four o'clock in the afternoon, and then go home and sleep for a couple hours. And then she would come home from work. Uh, it was a rough life. It was it was like a very sobering experience overall. And I think it was it kind of like the slap in the face that I needed where it was like, Oh, this is, this is hard. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, how do I make this better for myself? Cause I've already gone, I've made my, my life situation better from when I was living in Walla Walla, but is this what I want to do forever? Do I want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and have to go to work? I, I don't think so. Like, how do I progress from that point? And, and, and that is like, I think that that for me speaks to something that I admire so much about in, and, you know, when I see you and I think of like what the things I admire about you, one of the things I really admire about you is like your grit and your like tenacity and that kind of, you know, you can never get Spencer down. Like it's never like, oh man, Spencer's just done. He's quit. He's, he's rolling over like any even like when it came to, you know, as weird as this might sound, like procuring certain, you know, vices, it was like, <laughs> we, you, I mean, even just like, you know, you, it was like, it was like, dude, Spencer's never going to get that like bad attitude and just roll over and quit and, and just say that, that it was done. And, and, and how, how much of that do you think you got from, from maybe going through what you went through in Walla Walla, maybe like the, the restaurant industry, what, like, what, what, what do you think really has, has cultivated that kind of like grit and tenacity in you? This, this sounds so fucking cheesy, but I really do think it is like a little bit bred into me. Like my, my grandparents were uh, farmers in Southern California. Uh, my grandpa had passed away like several years ago, but he was a rancher like through and through until his late 70s he was like constantly working both citrus and avocado farms my grandma is now like in her mid 80s uh is the most ten tenacious feisty fucking woman i have ever met in my entire life that's awesome uh, and same with kind of like everyone else on my dad's side which is like that same family like one of one of their children is still currently a farmer slash rancher whatever you want to say uh my dad is the most hard-headed son of a bitch you'll ever met meet in your entire life uh my <laughs> my aunt is also like incredibly abrasive if you rub her the wrong way i think it's just like this thing that's been sort of bred into us where i don't I, I think we're all just like hard workers by breed. I th I think that for whatever reason, like we've all all been trained and taught, like you you don't give up, you don't take shit, you just put your head down and do what you think is right. Yeah, I've I've heard that referred to as uh, the, somebody referred to it a podcast I listened to with uh, the Duplass brothers. They talked about the immigrant mentality where you take all of your force and you put it behind the, 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 the head of a pen and pierce anything in your way. And I feel like, like, I feel like I have a little bit of that, but like I said, I mean, I feel like you are the type of guy that, 
And and I've seen you like I've had the rare opportunity to see you do work in a kitchen. And it's like you can kick it in to a whole nother level. Like you can like just it's like watching someone orchestrate, you know, somebody on the sideline of like a football game. It's like watching somebody just a surgeon like you can just get in there and you're just like it's like nothing is too much for you. Nothing is too crazy for you. You're just like, man, I'm just handling one thing after another. And it just that is so rare i feel like to see and like to be able to watch someone and, and see someone like you do that um and then also just with your life too like right i've known you since it's been a decade i've known you and i've got to see you go from where you were you know playing doodle jump uh, not to say not to say that like you like you were like so down in this like weird like crazy shitty space but i've just got to see you move through life and and i feel like man that tenacity is something that you've always had. Like, oh, every time I, I speak to you and hear to you, like hear from you, you're always like just grinding and like working and, and you're always bettering yourself, putting yourself in a better position than you were a year ago, you know, 18 months ago or something like, you know, that, 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 that's something you always are able to get in. Yeah. The, uh, that, that analogy of like putting all of your force behind, like the point of a pen is, is a, a beautiful one. Like, uh, unfortunately for better, or for worse, I do feel like that holds a lot of weight in my own life because I know for a fact I have put my full weight behind things that, that didn't deserve it or like that, that shouldn't have weighed as heavily on my life as they did. Uh, but that, I, I think that kind of is a little bit who I am as a person. I think that like, it's an all in or all out type deal. Uh, whether that be, you know, a friendship, whether that be a working relationship, whether that be a romantic relationship, whether that be a hobby, that's kind of how I was raised. Like another, another way to describe it is like impulsive. (laughs) Uh, Mm. I, I know for a fact, I'm very, very impulsive, uh, based on my hobbies. Like I'll jump into something and be no holds bar invest all of my spending cash into it. And then like a year later, I have little to no interest in it. Uh, it's just like a, a thing. I, and I see my dad do the exact same thing. I see other people in my family do the same thing. It's a, it's a coolman trait, unfortunately. Uh, but the, the one exception for me has definitely been cooking where I don't know uh, why. I guess Rogers Bakery again. Walla Walla shout out. Shout out! Oh, shout Let's out! Dude. Shout, out. <laughs> shout out! Shout out! Kelly Lean. Shout out, Breeze. Oh, oh my! I, that was a, <laughs> they. I, that was like where I spent so much time when I was not going to class. Kelly Lean. Yeah, would be like, no doubt. You already know I was. Else? You already know I was like baking there, like during my senior year. I was working my lunch shifts there at Rogers Bakery. But uh-huh. that, like, for whatever reason, maybe it was just because I started working there so early that I caught, like, the cooking bug, where that was the one passion that's st- that stuck with me this entire time, my f- whole life. I don't even know if I'm, like, that naturally good at it. I think I've just, like, forced it to work. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and... and- sorry when you say like not that naturally good at you force that to work i feel like that's just that's like do you think that that part of it has been advantageous like maybe really good at these hobbies that you picked up maybe you wouldn't be so into them or is that part of the challenge for you you're like man i'm not so great at it but like i'm just picking up on it and that gives me the opportunity to really push that button and put my force behind something and really go after something. Yeah, I do think it is like a little bit of this is harder. So this feels like I should keep trying at it. Multiple, multiple people and chefs and, and restaurant owners. There's like one very specific person that I probably shouldn't name uh, that works in Walla Walla. That is like fairly fairly prestigious i guess you could say chris ainsworth from saffron (laughs) Um, okay (laughs) i worked for him for like a hot minute and 
there was a one specific time where he pulled me aside and he goes, just so you know, like you're really tall and lanky and like, you're just not meant for a kitchen. Like just, just be aware. You're going to have to work like way, way harder to make this all work for you. (laughs) And for whatever reason that has stuck with me forever. And he's like a slightly pudgy beardy short dude. And I think about that all the time. And I'm like, I just want to punch you in your beardy little face because I, I have, I, I have done semi something with my career and I have made something of it. And it, it definitely wasn't because of comments like that. I, I don't think everyone could hear that and want to continue or have like the fire inside to have that drive them to continue. But that, those are the types of things that like made me want to do it more. And, and it, it, to me, I'm hearing that it put a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and then you can go back even to high school too. I feel like, you know, the, 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 the teachers that put those chips on your shoulder shoulder were really the reasons that you graduated. So you could turn around and be like, Hey, you know, fuck you. I graduated and you don't even know that you were the one who put this on this chip on my shoulder, but you did. And that might've been the only reason, you know, that you, that you, you know, that's is what I'm hearing that you graduated or like that you, you pursued, you know, as far as you were, uh, as far as you are in, in the culinary, uh, your culinary careers, because you put, you had that chip put on your shoulder, shoulder combined with that tenacity and that kind of immigrant mentality. It's just like a mixture for, the perfect storm you're like oh okay now you've given me something and i'm already predisposed to have that like hard line approach and so now you've given me a target and that's all i need i'm gonna take off yeah i i think that's a, a really accurate uh analysis of the whole thing like I, I at the time there's no way that 17 year old me would have broken that down in that way but all all of those things added fuel to the fire where it was almost like a fuck you i'm definitely getting this diploma like i'll jump (laughs) i'll jump through your stupid ass hoops just so i can like rub it in your face later yeah that's like man it's I, i feel like for me i always had those moments with myself i always was able to be like damn marshall like like i am such like i'm like in such a bad place or i'm in such a weird place that i need to like kickstart kickstart my own self and so hearing you kind of say that same thing like you know man this guy has like put this fuel in me but it really comes down to you making that decision and saying you know what you can throw comments at some types of people all day and it will never produce that same result but it's because you have that you have that kind of like grit that tenacity and and it and it push you push you to that limit so that's like so so and that's awesome so 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 where are you at today like with 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 your journey in terms of where where you're at like let's bring bring you up to speed uh so you you know you moved to seattle you started working at these jobs, you, you got out of the brunch grind and then where was the big turning point or if there was a turning point, where was that turning point for you when you got to Seattle? Yeah. The, the turning point actually is pretty relevant to this whole conversation. Like the, the, the girl that brought me to Seattle, uh, we had a, a fairly nasty breakup, all things considered good terms now at this point, but at the time, like life altering for both of us uh and i seriously it it brought me to the point where i was considering like what i was doing with my whole life i didn't know if i wanted to keep cooking i didn't know if i wanted to stay in seattle i didn't know uh like everything was just kind of shattered and i remember i i stodged around like tried different restaurants i tried you you'll have like a one day sample basically of every restaurant so they'll bring you in you'll you'll work a service you'll work a dinner service you'll work a lunch service whatever it may be uh and i had done that at like five or six different restaurants finally like i at that point was on the verge of just giving up 
of not cooking anymore. Like I felt like there was nothing that was going to be intriguing to me, nothing that was going to be that interesting. And I threw the ultimate Hail Mary. I had <laughs> applied at this restaurant that I had was known nationwide. This dude that had worked at quite literally multiple of the top 20 restaurants in the world. Um, kind of like the most prestigious chef to work for in Seattle. And uh, somehow, like, I got a call back. And he called me in. Uh, ended up going and, like, doing my little trial interview. So nervous that I literally threw up that night on the job. Wow. Uh, and went home that night. Felt like shit. I felt like I had fucked the entire thing up. It was the restaurant was like 10 miles away from my house at that time. I rode my bike there and back. And then the next morning I was so committed to doing it again that I rode my bike back up there. Uh, They happened to be talking about like my trial interview at that time. He was there. Usually he's not there at the restaurant. And uh, he like pointed out the window apparently. And was like, is that the, and that's the fucking guy. That's the guy that was like here last night, right? And the everyone that was chatting about it was like, yeah, that's the guy. And I walked in and he, I hadn't met him at that point. And I was like starstruck, shook his hand. And he's like, oh yeah, like you were, you were here last night, right? I go, yeah, I was, I was the one. He goes, oh, you, you got your knives? I'm like, oh yeah, I have, I have my knives with me. He's like, okay, if you want to start, you can start tonight. And that was my wow. first time. And at that point, he had, uh, like, about a month prior, he had won two James Beard Awards, which I know no one knows what the fuck that is. But basically, it's like the Oscars of restaurants and chefs and cooking. Uh, he was the first black chef to win any award through the James Beard Awards. Uh, he was the first chef in Seattle to win any type of James Beard awards. Uh, he had like broken down so many fucking barriers and also not to mention like before all of that happened, he was a superstar in, in the region. Everyone knew who he was. His restaurants were very acclaimed in the city. Uh, but then it brought him from like citywide or maybe Washington, if you care about restaurants to nationwide. So, it went from like being a cool place to work to being like the busiest place to work in the city. And it reminded me why the fuck I care about restaurants. It was like, we are working with all of the local farms, all the local butchers, all of planning menus weekly specials are running daily. Uh, all these cool things that like reignited my fire of why I want to be a chef. And that's something I will never, ever forget. And I think it's that now is a fire that's never going to go out, Uh, which is something I can never repay. (laughs) Uh, That is, that is an incredible, that's like, that, that is truly incredible to, to, you know, to be in that place in time, riding your bike back 10 miles and showing up just as he was there to get that opportunity. That's like, you got to feel like that's like once in a lifetime. It was wicked lucky. I mean, I don't know if there's any other way to describe it because I know there was probably another like 50 people behind my resume and I just happened to like roll in at the right time. Like, I don't know why I ended up getting selected. In fact, everyone that was working there at the time said they all voted against me because I had thrown up on the job. <laughs> I was like some weak ass bitch. And I, I understand why they thought that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it is kind of crazy how I just ended up there to begin with. And also the fact that I was on my last leg, I feel pretty fortunate. Man. And that's, so that's like, that's where you're at today. Right now, this is, this is your, you're living in Seattle and, and you, you're, you're still working for this guy or you're not still working for this guy. Yeah. So, uh, that was, that's like flashback, uh, August, uh, July, August of 2018. Okay. Uh, 
So we're going on pretty damn close to three years at this point. Um, wow. And as of until this last Sunday, June 13th, 2021, I was uh, kind of a, a strange and, and dark turn to the entire story is okay. he just recently it was just recently released that 15 different women came forward uh, accusing him of very serious sexual allegations. No. So that in turn put, put a very strange spin on my idolization of this person, uh, of this, of this chef that I've, wanted to work for that so many people have put on a pedestal for decades now at this point. Yeah. How could it not? I mean, that's to, to, to work for someone that gave you your essentially gave you your shot. And then to find out that they have been, you know, really abusing your trust the, the, the whole time. That's, I mean, how do you, how do you even, you know, I mean, I'm almost just speechless. Like, how do you even come back from that? What, what, you know, what do you do now? It, yeah, it's a really weird thing to to come to grips with. I mean, how 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 do you recover from that? How do you get your footing from something like that? I think that it at this point, really trying to to figure out what I value. Um, to to catch everyone up on the whole story uh there was a newspaper article in the seattle times that was posted um on sunday uh three days prior to that on thursday he eluded that there potentially could be some type of negative story posted about him uh no no insight on what the story could be about no inkling or description of what could be mentioned in the story just like there could potentially be something negative about me as an owner in this coming sunday's episode of the times well come to find out again 15 women accusing him of some type of sexual assault or harassment which seems like something you might want to mention to your employees especially like management yeah and it it was like a ground shaker all of us had to reconcile if we wanted to stand by that if we were willing to defend him as a person as a chef as an owner uh if we valued the work we had put in for him over the atrocious stories that (laughs) clearly flowed on his behalf. Like it, it was a really strange thing. And also the, the concept of it trying, trying to uh, come to grips with like, is this what this industry is all about? Is this like, is if he, he had always been portrayed as a golden boy, as a, a shining light, as an example of what was great in our industry. And then to see all of these things come out about him, like what, what does that say for, for the rest of the industry? What does that say for us who have worked for him for so long and like, broken our backs to to provide him labor like what what does that say about all of us yeah that's i mean i imagine that would be like you know something that would be so hard to grapple with and 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 i imagine you know moving forward so so you so so what what came of all this for you so moving forward like what what came of all this as you you know, so you, 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 you still, you say you're not employed anymore. So that must've been difficult to, 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 to 
walk away and, and, and incredibly difficult for those people to come forward um, and, 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 and make, make, you know, make their, their side of the story known against someone who is, who is, is a, like you said, like a very well known person in Seattle, globally known. And so as you move forward, I imagine you're going to, to be better off and, and be in a better situation because you can cut ties with the, with this guy and get out of, of, of his circle. Yeah. So long story short, I mean, you, you quite literally said, said the phrase, I mean, we cut ties. Uh, the, the day that the article came out describing the atrocities and things that he had done, uh, each and every person that worked for him at that time, which is in, in the range of two dozen, uh, we all quit. We all left. We, all of us managers left our keys. We walked within four hours of the article being posted with the article coming out in print in the Seattle times. Uh, it, is never anything I imagined I would do in my career. The concept of leaving a job, just walking out on site is unheard of for any, any cook, any chef, any server, any hostess. Uh, I mean, it's, it just doesn't happen. So to do that for us all to come together and, and make that decision collectively and everyone to be on the exact same page was a it very it, it was strengthening we all like found a, a little bit of liberation within each other to to make come to that consensus collectively but that being said still equally terrifying it was hard it was not an easy thing to do uh especially when all of us had worked so fucking hard for him uh it's it sounds like right now to me it sounds like that's this is the perfect opportunity to put another you know chip on your shoulder and 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 move to that space again like you're so good at moving into is that 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 zeroed in space where it's like now a new challenge has come up and, and I imagine you're going to take it on the same exact way that you've taken on every single point of adversity in your life. I imagine you're just going to, you're going to look at it and, and move right through it. You're going to put every, all of your force and energy and, and, and just move right on seamlessly to that next stage in life. That uh, most certainly that's the plan though. The thing that, uh, we've all collectively all of us have met together now since this is now 48 hours or so past uh we all met together today and chatted about it it it's hard to look past like this horrible negative thing that happened that ended all of our tenure that made it like leaves a nasty taste in our mouth that gives us anxiety that like quite literally makes my chest hurt a little bit uh instead of focusing on that we're all trying to think about the beautiful thing that brought us all together because all of us have years of experience working for him we all have years working together we all have this immense brain of knowledge that we've amassed because like for better or for worse, like this brought us into the same circle. And now just because there's this one nasty cancerous little bit that doesn't necessarily need to poison the entire thing that doesn't need to destroy what we built together. Like we don't need to break our ties with one another because there's one nasty aspect of it. And it, it's kind of similar, again, to bringing everything back full circle to the Walla Walla aspect. There are some really horrible parts of our lifestyle back then, a decade ago. 
No one can deny that. But that being said, it also has brought us to this point right here where we're able to have this conversation where I'm able to reach out to people that I have had great experiences with in my life that I can share any part of my life with at any time and they'll take it at face value and give me genuine feedback and not be thrown off or not be off put or whatever else. Like it's, it's very strange to be an adult and, and take things uh, with, with a grain of salt is a good way of putting it. That's like a very dad phrase, but Yeah, I, yeah, Spence, you, that's like you said, with the grain of salt and, and, and to bring it full circle, like I, that is what I was getting at. And, and this is just exactly what I'm getting at. It's like that, 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 that the shitty things that happen to us in life, we ultimately are in control of the reactions we have to the things we can't control. We get to control our reactions to, the shitty things in life. We can't control the shitty things, but we control our reactions. And I just love that we're, that you brought that full circle. And, and that's just, Spence, this has been perfect, man. This has been <laughs> such an awesome, like, I can't believe how you just pulled that one and just brought that full circle. Like this is, I could go on all night talking to you. And, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure I would, but this is like, that's so awesome that you just brought it like to a point like that. It's like, that's beautiful. This has been awesome. You're the perfect first guest. Like that's exactly what I yeah. thought when I thought of you. Like I'm like, man, this guy not only has an incredible story, but he just has has been through such a crazy, a crazy up and down. And even to this last moment, I can't wait to see to see what you're gonna be doing in the next like six months to follow up with you. That's just like I'm so excited to hear what what you're gonna yeah. be getting into. I, this has been a blast, honestly. Like, I, I feel like I've gotten a lot off my own chest. That's been wonderful and stress-relieving for me. Uh, yeah. I feel good to be your first guest, because I know I'm not going to be your last, but I'm definitely going to make mm. another guest appearance, and that's going to be rad. Like, <laughs> oh, I, oh, man, I love it. I love it. Like I said, I could go, man, I could go all night. This has just, like, been such a fruitful experience Spencer I love you so much man I can't wait to hear like I said hear what you're doing in the next six months and I can't wait to put this all together and, and package this up and let the people know you know this is what's going on in your life likewise hey thank you again for having me on thank you for making me a podcaster like again a recent podcast adopter but I'm I'm glad that now I somehow get to make an appearance on a podcast that feels weird to say <laughs> you were against it for so long but like now you're just you're yeah. like, you're, you're don't tell the people that i was an anti-podcaster don't don't break that <laughs> oh i won't no it'll be it'll be it'll be our secret right here man <laughs> all right boss hey thank you again for having me uh great to chat with you any and every time podcast or no podcast love you bunch oh, i love it i love it man i all the same to you and i can't wait to hear what you're doing in another six months man another six weeks even likewise hey don't wait six weeks i'm sure i'll touch base with you here soon Ooh, I love it. All right, man, Spence, thanks so much. I love to hear right. it. In this shit, because I don't know how. All right, later. All right, peace. <laughs>wow, that was so much fun. I enjoyed doing that conversation and that podcast with Spencer so much. That guy is just salt of the earth, one of the nicest people I've ever met, and I'm sure you could draw that from that podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with me. I know that was probably pretty painful. It was painful for me to re-listen re to that and hear the audio quality, but hopefully you got a lot out of it. I want to just stress that the guests I have on this pod are all gonna have that same thing in common. Everyone's gonna be grinding. Everyone's gonna be out here with a story to tell. Everybody out that I have on will have their unique way of looking at things. And that is what I really want to celebrate. That's what I really want to bring attention to is that our differences and our struggles are something to be celebrated just like Spencer. He's gone through 
you know, hell and back to get where he's at. And, you know, my hearts are with all of the people who were affected by the gentleman that Spencer talked about, his, his old boss. And I would love to be able to help them any way that I can. You can find Spencer. If you see in this podcast, you're probably seeing it on my Instagram. You've got my number. Get a hold of me. I can get you in touch with Spencer. You can find him on Instagram easily. Spencerpotamus is his handle. The guy, like I said, absolute legend. And if you want to connect with him, it'll be very easy to do so. The guy is fantastic. I hope you enjoyed it. I love rocking with you guys. Uh, I love rocking with you gals. I love rocking with everybody that's tuning in. I'm so excited to do my next guest. I am so excited to get down the road and do all the people I've reached out to. And I can't wait to do another one of these pods. Thank you so much for rocking with me. Thank you so much for hearing my story, hearing everybody's story. And so go out there and take control of your life. Do the things you want to do. Take chances. Go all in on yourself, as Gary Vee would say. Just make it happen. And, and if you don't make it happen, have hopefully you have the support and the love and the people around you to keep you going when you're down. And if you feel like you don't, Spencer and I are both people who can do that for you. I love you all. Stay safe and you'll hear from me next time.